Love is your true nature and the nature of God, and they're the same. But the ego defends against love. As I said before, it doesn't feel safe loving in a loveless world. And so it puts its own love in the dungeon and tries to forget it's there and, uh, and lives with as thick a skin as it can produce. But the thicker the skin, the more that affects the intelligence and our ability to think also becomes uh, thickened and more dense and more incapable of maintaining a very active state of intellectual creativity. All those defenses wear down that capacity. And then that produces bad judgment, negative karma, the backlash, the suffering and vexation. And, and then finally one realizes that the only defense against the suffering of the world is love. And one will finally begin to allow that love up but in order to do that, one has to have a very fine discrimination between real love, divine love, and those other forms of eros, desire, possessiveness, etc., and do- the will to dominate, which can also seem like love. Love can be in, in very deceptive distortions. And this is the purification of the soul, and where wisdom comes in, to be able to discriminate. We call this the viveka point, when you can discriminate, when you're being truthful and loving versus manipulative and seductive or otherwise deceptively falsely loving. And when you can do that and allow the real love to emerge, then you are transformed by that love. Because you're in a state of joy that doesn't depend on any other. The false love requires someone else, an object of desire to gaze upon you in a certain way to make you feel good. But the real love doesn't. It's God's gaze and it's unconditional. And so the soul becomes very uh, free of the crippling that the ego's need for the attention of others creates. And it is able to root itself in the power of spirit, the light. And that's when the integration of love and wisdom are possible because one can safely think about reality as it truly is rather than have repressed, unbearable elements of oneself that one cannot see that cause one to hate other people that are mirroring back those very unbearable uh, ego fragments. And so when those have been purified, then the kundalini, which is simply a channel of love, rises, opens the heart, opens the mind, and flows out into the universe, and you become one with the universe. You realize there are no boundaries, and that all of this is love, but right now in a hidden form, disguised as hate, disguised as anger and destructiveness. But that's why in India they worship Kali, you know, she's this dark goddess who cuts the head off of uh, Shiva even, uh, let alone others, and has a, a, a necklace of skulls, you know, death and war are, are her jouissance. And yet that's part of creation. And when you are fearless and can face that, even the destruction of the world, even the apocalypse, with love, with blessing, with joy, knowing 
that every death is followed by a rebirth, whether it's the death of your individual body or the death of a planet or a, a star or a solar system, a cosmos, a universe, there's always rebirth. And nothing can defeat life and nothing can defeat love. And when you feel that almighty power of love, rather than love as a weakness, but love as the ultimate strength, then you have been redeemed. And you are then transformed, transmuted even on a cellular level into an avatar.